Rashad White has been the biggest winner for the Buccaneers through free agency so far. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. You always get the latest episodes as soon as they drop. I am James Jarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com, joined by my favorite co-host, Mr. David Harrison. You can find all of his work over at Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com. And of course, follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at Jarko underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Today's episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the National Football League. So make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started and to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 updated NFL power rankings have the Buccaneers regressing. But before we talk about that, we start with some good news and identify winners so far from free agency, starting with the biggest Bucks winner of them all, James Jarko. And if you looked at the, th- the thumbnail before you started this episode, you also know running back Rashad White. Starting with the release of Leonard Fournette, the Buccaneers clearly signaling that it is time for the second year running back to get his crack at being the primary running back for the Buccaneers uh, offense. It, show, it shows that the Bucs knew what basically we all knew coming out of the season is that Rashad White was the better back. The more, you know, uh, has the higher ceiling, has the most potential to really impact what the Buccaneers are doing moving forward. And it had to do, in my opinion, with more than just salary cap management. It had to do with the fact that, again, Rashad White showed clearly that he was the more versatile, more more capable back moving forward for the Buccaneers. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And you take a look at the system that we kind of think that Dave Canales is going to bring over from Seattle, right? They utilize their running backs in a myriad of ways. And you even heard Baker Mayfield, for those that saw his, uh, his meeting with the media and his introductory press conference, he said, we're going to lean heavily on the run game. And Dave Canales is going to want running backs out there that can run the ball, that can pick up blitzes, that can catch the ball and and be a dual threat kind of player. So the fact that they move on from Leonard Fournette, you still have Keyshawn Vaughn. The one outsider that you bring in to join the running back room is Chase Edmonds, who is not going to usurp Rashad White as the RB1, shows that they have a lot of confidence in Rashad's ability to be able to be the guy to carry the load, to to be the three-down back, to be the primary guy for this offense at the running back position, you know, you you could have questioned a little bit what the Buccaneers' intentions were had they signed in Ezekiel Elliott. And, of course, I know we still have the draft coming up. If the Buccaneers do something absolutely insane like draft B. John Robinson at 19, we can revisit this conversation. But I feel fairly confident that that is not going to be what the Buccaneers do. And so you you take a look at the, the moves the Buccaneers made, both in terms of the coaches that they've hired, the players that they brought in, the players that they brought back. And it, it appears that Rashad White is going to be a major, major part of what they want to accomplish offensively. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at the performance of Rashad White as, as the season goes on, 
you can you can clearly see why. Not only does he, you know, he passes the eye test, right? It just looked better as Rashad White was getting involved. I remember, you know, looking at social media as Buccaneers games uh, were progressing and looking at Bucks fans saying, "Let's get Rashad White back in the game. Get him, you know, get him more, get him the ball more. Do all this, do all that." Look, uh, the Buccaneers' running game was not great last year. We all know that, and some of that certainly has to do with the running back. So Rashad White himself has some work to do, uh, and he's got to continue to get better as a pro. But the offensive line also had some things to do with that. But you look at the first year for Rashad White, and as you go through the season, um, all the way up, you know, September, October, first two months of, of the of the regular season, Rashad White only broke four yards uh, per carry average one time in those first couple months of the NFL season. But then starting in November, you see that he breaks the four-yard barrier four or five times, even has five yards per carry uh, against the Arizona Cardinals in, in that win. And it just kind of shows that progression of a rookie running back getting more comfortable with the NFL game, getting more comfortable with the NFL scheme and, and kind of what's in front of them. So if that offensive line gets better, which we all expect that it will get better, if, if for anything, just the return of Ryan Jensen uh, in the middle of this offensive line should make the team better. But then if you get Robert Hainsey shifting back over to guard, if we can find some way you know, to make uh, Luke Gedeke not be a wasted NFL draft pick, um, then that's obviously an improvement. Aaron Stinney's coming back, which you guys all know if you've, been watching us uh, throughout the offseason or listening that I'm incredibly excited to see Aaron Sini, uh come back. One, because I think he's a better offensive lineman than some of the guys that were playing this last year. Two, because I predicted it would happen and I like being right. Um, Tristan Wirfs, you know what I mean? Like he's going to be he's going to be somewhere, hopefully again, healthier and, and, and hopefully he can stay healthy. And then again, you have the NFL draft like you talked about where, you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, the Buccaneers pretty much already know that they want to draft one of two Ohio State offensive tackles. Because they didn't send anybody to the pro day, which means they already know they want the guy. So why go to the pro day? You already know you need you. You already have everything you need to know. The comments for you, James Charco. Um, the Buccaneers legitimately sent like nobody to the Ohio State pro day, and it could mean that they just don't need to answer any more questions about a guy that they're targeting. It could also mean the Buccaneers are not going to draft any Buckeyes because the Buccaneers really don't draft uh, Buckeyes. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, I think the last Buckeye that they drafted was Will Allen. Will Allen, yeah, but back to I mean Joey Galloway came eventually, right? But they didn't draft. Yeah. Him. So um, event uh, back to back to Rashad White, back to the Sun Devil that the Buccaneers do draft. Um, yeah, I mean, I, there's just a lot of reasons to be excited about Rashad White is going to do. Again, the offensive line hopefully is going to be better. Rashad himself has some growing to do, but I think if you look at the production uh, throughout the season, not only was he getting more chances, but as he's getting more chances, those oper- those chances are turning into better production from him, smarter ball carries, you know, smart smarter player. Um, I do think it's going to take a little bit of a runway because we do have a new scheme, a new system uh, coming into Tampa that he's going to have to learn. So there should be expected to be a little bit of a learning curve. But again, like you said, you know, the absence of Fournette, the addition of Edmonds, everything they're doing is basically filling in behind uh, Rashad White. And then, yeah, I mean, if if B. Sean Robinson's a pick at number 19, we'll talk again. Yeah. Um, but for now, again, we're talking about the first wave of free agency into the second wave. Uh, Rashad White, clearly the lead dog in the Buccaneers running back room. So uh, a clear winner for, as far as we're concerned. Yeah. And one more thing that we really haven't mentioned, of course, is the addition of the quarterback that we're all assuming is going to be the guy at our center. And that's Baker Mayfield. And, you know, two of the things that we talk about constantly, no matter who the quarterback is, is when a quarterback's in trouble, their best friend is one of two people. It's either a pass catching tight end or it's a running back that they can trust to dump the ball off to. So you you would think that while they try to improve the offensive line, if it's a situation where the offensive line is struggling the way that it was last year, you're going to have a lot of dump-offs mm-hmm. uh, for Baker Mayfield to try to continue to move the ball, continue to move the chains, 
not get himself sacked, not force himself into turnovers. And Rashad White is going to be that guy that's really going to be relied heavily on. We know Dave Canales had a front row seat to Rashad White stealing a man's soul over in Munich, Germany. So he probably looked at that and was like, yeah, I like that guy. We're going to use him a lot uh, when I when I get to Tampa and become their offensive coordinator. So, yeah, I, I think when you when you put together everything that we've seen so far through free agency, again, we're only, as of recording this, a week into it exactly, because it's right around 4 o'clock. Um, yeah. All signs point to Rashad White really being the beneficiary of a lot of the Buccaneers' moves. Absolutely, and yeah, and, and don't forget, I know the Baker Mayfield caught a lot of flack during his career so far, but uh, essentially made Nick Chubb you know, what he is today. So Rashad White, our biggest winner of uh, for agency so far for the Buccaneers, but we've got more coming up, and that's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. And today's episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because you can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet does not win just by signing up today. And look, if you've already signed up for FanDuel and and gotten your sign-up bonuses, they're dropping no-sweat bets all the time. They're dropping forgiveness bets. They're dropping bet on this, and we'll give you bonus bets. They're dropping bonus bets all over the place, guys. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained tomorrow or today, depending on when you're watching or listening. If you're Wednesday night on YouTube, it's tomorrow. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, Thursday, then today, tonight, this afternoon, Thursday and Friday, this week 16, gets started. All these teams playing for a spot in the Elite Eight. That means eight of those teams are going to move on. If you're not familiar with that term, you probably shouldn't bet on college basketball. But if you want to bet on college basketball, Creighton currently favored to beat Princeton. That is the widest margin of uh, win winning that's supposed to happen. I don't know what I'm saying right now. Meanwhile, Michigan State is favored to upset the third seed Kansas State Wildcats, but by the smallest margin of victory of all the games listed. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance. Your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. If you bet using fanduel, let us know on Twitter, screenshot it, send it to us, send us what you're betting on. We would love to celebrate those victories with you. Make every moment more with fanduel, official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Thanks again for making the Lockdown Bucks podcast your first listen or your first view every single day. If you're joining us on audio platform, we appreciate you. Make sure you head over to YouTube so you can see James Jarko dancing as we come into segment two. More winners from the first wave of, wave of free agency uh, following the first week of the NFL new league year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And James, I've got an interesting winner that I'm going to add to this list, but let's go over to you first and hear who your next winner is outside of Arizona State. Sun Devil legend, Rashad White. Uh, It is, I I think, probably the lowest hanging fruit, but we would be remiss if if our podcast did not mention this individual as a clear winner for the Buccaneers in free agency, and it's Jamel Dean. He gets the four-year, $52 million deal, $24.5 million guaranteed, but all season long, David, you and I talked numerous times. Well, you're you're not going to keep Jamel and Sean Murphy bunting. 
you're probably keeping Sean Murphy bunting because he's going to be the cheaper of the two options. Instead, he jettisons off to Nashville to play for the Titans. Poor guy. Uh, T's and P's to SMB. And Jamel Dean, somehow Jason Light and the powers to be get the contract worked out where it, it shows the team's confidence in him as the, not just confidence, but the dedication to Jamel Dean being the starting corner opposite of Carlton Davis and in being a big part of the next phase of this franchise where they come out of the Tom Brady era and they try to reload, not rebuild, reload to get right back into championship contention. And he is a building block of that next era. You know, he is one of those guys that this defense and this team is going to build around along with Carlton Davis. Tristan Wirfs, Vita Vea, you assume Devin White, you assume Antoine Winfield Jr. You still have Mike and, and Chris there at wide receiver. So these are the, are the core guys. These are the core leaders of this team that they're going to rely on. And, and Jamel Dean is now a certified you know, key component to that, uh, to that wave of youth that we're going to see through the Buccaneers. They're going from one of the oldest teams in the NFL to trying to become one of the youngest teams in the NFL while getting while getting back in that championship contention. So it's it's the stability within the team, it's the veteran leadership, it's the trust that they have in him and they displayed all of that with a big contract. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you bring up the uh, reload. Shout out to uh Metallica. My winner to that I'm going to add to this list is linebacker Devin White because the memory remains that Devin White did not have the greatest season last year, James. Now people are wondering if he is a true blue franchise off the ball linebacker because if he has another season like he did last year, he may become the unforgiven to James because people are questioning his attitude and wondering if he's a bad seed. And Levante David returning could fuel Devin White's redemption. This album playlist is playing right into my segment here. Um, I'm sorry, I'm done. It seems, seems very uh, poetic. And that's like in order. Like I just went down like the first five lists of Metallica's reload album and it just flowed perfectly. Anyway, Devin White literally seriously is my is my next winner. And it is kind of off the wall. And I think a lot of people are going to kind of scratch their heads once they figure out that the Metallica bit is over. Uh, but look, Levante David coming back is huge for Devin White because one, let's just be honest here. Levante David helps hide some of Devin White's deficiencies. He just does. But also... Levante David, hopefully, I mean, and we know Levante will be one, but hopefully Devin is absorbing Levante as a mentor, showing him how to do this game well, showing him how to play professionally, showing him how to be a rangy, versatile linebacker that the Buccaneers need him to be moving forward if they're going to pay him the money that Devin White is undoubtedly going to want to go get because why wouldn't you want to go get all that big money if you're playing uh, in the National Football League? I'm all about you chasing your bag, but you got to earn it if you're going to actually get it from this team. Jason Light has shown I mean, for all the some of the draft talk that we get, James, and some of the other things like Jason doesn't really enter into a lot of bad contracts. I don't think that that mm. we've uh, we've uh, noticed over the years. Um, so not only Levante David coming back, but also an improved defensive line. Jason Light uh, and Todd Bowles have talked all offseason long about wanting to improve the defensive line. They basically echoed the same sentiment that we had that Pewter Report, I'm sure, had Greg Allman, I'm sure, had everybody that, you know, does anything in the media space had that Vita Vea cannot be your leading sack guy again. Like that just can't be a thing. Well, how do you free up your off-ball linebackers, your outside linebackers to get more sacks? By improving your defensive line. They bring in Greg Gaines, a Super Bowl starting and winning defensive end, former college teammate of Vita Vea, to come in and play next to Big Vita. That's going to help everybody else around them, Levante David included, or at Levante, Devin White 
uh, included Shaquille Barrett, hopefully coming back healthy, will also be uh, part of that, that redemption. Just in time for Devin White, speaking of bringing up old memories, to look like Super Bowl run Devin White again, right before he hits his negotiating window or uh, the open market in free agency. Because I don't know that if you're the Buccaneers, if you really are going hard at an extension right now. You could be, but I think if you're Devin White, you're aware that you're probably getting a little bit lowballed because of some of the struggles that happened last year. Play on your fifth-year option this year. Try to ball out. Learn from Levante David even more than you already have. Take advantage of that improved defensive line because, again, if you're committed to improving the D-line, James, one free agent signing is probably not going to be all you're going to do. I'm looking at a premium draft pick, top 100 player, going to the defensive line for the Buccaneers this April. You're playing behind that as, as Devin White. You're playing next to Levante for one more year. You got Shaq back. You have no reason to not ball out like crazy. And that's going to get you paid in 2024, whether it's in Tampa or somewhere else. Yeah, and I had, I had briefly mentioned with Evan, and and we'll have the conversation at some point on this show that if you could, if you have to choose between Devin White and Antoine Winfield Jr. as to who's going to get mm. the big contract, that's a discussion don't, that don't make me we'll choose. have on this show, and, and the Bucks are going to be having internally because it's a legitimate problem that they're facing. Both of these guys are are coming up on free agency. And uh, as you mentioned, Devin White, the the fifth year option, Antoine is playing in the last year of his four year deal. So decisions are going to have to be made. Yeah. And both of these guys are going to be out there trying to prove that they're worth the mega deal that both of them are sure to get. But will both of it be with uh, with the Buccaneers? Uh, no doubt I about will be it. Sick Devin that White. day for that episode. It's not going to be a good time. We're going to have to throw the deuces up to somebody. Um, you you take a look. You're you're 100 right. Devin White is uh, set up for success with this defense, and and he's going to be looking to have a monster monster year. So hopefully, it comes to fruition because that's going to help the Bucks just as much as it helps Devin White. But David, a couple of honorable mention winners uh, from the the first week of free agency for the Buccaneers. Obviously, quarterback Baker Mayfield. Right. This is arguably the best team that he has been on, and we're going to find out. If he has truly learned that, you know, you know, by now that he's mature enough uh, to to take over as a leader and, and as a QB one beyond just his one year deal with the Buccaneers, you can make an argument. Well, you know, in Cleveland, he had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. Sorry, 100 times out of 100. I'll take Mike Evans and Chris Godwin over Jarvis Landry yeah. and Odell Beckham Jr. And uh, David's going to take Rashad White over Nick Chubb every single time because Arizona State. Uh, the other big winner uh, for the Buccaneers is Levante David. He said that he wants to retire a Buccaneer. He's one step closer to that. He only got the one-year deal, but there may be another contract waiting for him next year so that he is you know, guaranteed to be able to retire as a Buccaneer. David, anybody else you'd like to throw onto the list? Uh, yeah, the Michael Jordan of NFL GMs, Jason Light, is uh, is winning this this free agent period. So. Yeah, he is a uh, dominant bargain shopper, wheeler, and dealer extraordinaire. Uh, shout out to Jason MJ White. Uh, but, David, despite all these winners, there are some people who believe the Buccaneers are, well, the worst team in the NFC South. We talk about that coming up next here on Locked on Bucks. <laughs> Wrap 
wrapping things up here on the Locked On Bucks podcast. And the NFL offseason updated power rankings have been released on NFL.com from Dan Hansis. Hansis? Hunsis? Dan Hansis. Hansis. Yep. Dan Clueless. Uh, <laughs> he, is, he has done a power rankings following uh, free agent frenzy. And the Buccaneers come in. At number Cadillac Williams. That's right. Number 24. Cadillac. Nice. And uh, Dan says, quote, the Bucks profiled as a team that might be ready to tear it all down after Tom Brady announced his retirement. Instead, the organization looks to keep its veteran core together for another run. Tampa signed Baker Mayfield to compete with former second round pick Kyle Trask. I hate that wording. Uh, expect Mayfield to win the job if no other competition enters the picture. End quote. David, before uh, we react to this, can I just say that Kyle Trask is a second-round pick? He will right. always be a second-round pick. He's not formerly a second-round right. pick. That's just where he was picked. So I'm okay with those words being used if the Buccaneers get a second-round pick back. Agreed. All right, so what are your thoughts on the Bucks being 24th on the Dan Clueless Power Rankings, uh, down one spot from uh, 23 at the end of the 2022 season? Yeah, so they were number 23 at the end of the year, which kind of gives you a little bit of context as to why they're they're 24. I, I mean, 23 alone is is probably too low. You know what I mean? I didn't go through all of the rankings back then and read his his explanation for why the Bucks were that low. I mean, you're a you're a playoff team, and granted, playoff team in the worst you know division uh, in in NFL last year and all that. But look, the NFC East was the worst division in the NFL two years ago, and then just this this past season, one year, one season ago now. Uh, all four teams were competing for playoff spots in mid December. You know what I mean? There was there was a scenario that was very possible. Uh, if the Washington Commanders didn't Carson Wentz that whole thing up, that all four of those teams could have made it to the playoffs. So things can change very, very quickly, and they have changed very quickly in the NFC South. Derek Carr is now with with the New Orleans Saints. The Carolina Panthers are about to draft C.J. Stroud, number one overall. The Atlanta Falcons are about to put Taylor Heineke in a starting quarterback position, uh, and Desmond Ritter is going to waste away in Atlanta, where we all knew he would waste away in Atlanta. Um but look, when you're the Buccaneers and you lose Tom Brady, the Brady effect, right? We've talked about the Brady effect, the positives and the negatives of the Brady effect over the last three years. Part of one of those Brady effects is that you're going to automatically drop in, in status to everybody from fan base, national media, everybody you're, you're going, and we all, and Bucks fans, you know, there are Bucks fans who have been Bucks fans for the last three years. Now they're not Bucks fans anymore. You're aware of this. This isn't a secret, right? So in some avenues, you could actually say they dropped from 23 to 24. That's actually a surprise. Like maybe, I mean, like saints fans, James, when Tom Brady retired, everybody's like, this time it's for real saints fans were dancing in the street thinking that the Buccaneers were going to go back to the mid-90s and just not win any games ever again at all and, and might as well not even be in the NFC South anymore and go play with the Detroit Lions uh, in the NFC North, right? So, like, that's kind of where the, the the people outside of Tampa see the Buccaneers right now. So, in that light, you can kind of understand because then you pair that with the loss of Sean Murray Bunting, the loss of Mike Edwards, and just kind of some of the fluctuations happening on the defensive side of things, and you kind of see why – uh, people look at the Buccaneers the way that they do. Yeah. And real quick, full disclosure, I don't think that Dan Hansis is clueless. I'm just, you know, teasing, joking around. Uh, so if anybody decides to tag him in this, uh, I am only kidding. I think Dan does some really good work for, for NFL.com. But no, I understand. 
the Bucs being ranked where they are because you did just lose Tom Brady. You did struggle last season and made the playoffs with a losing record in the worst division in football. You are losing key pieces like Mike Edwards and Sean Murphy Bunting. Um, you have no money. You you have no money to, to spend on people. And yes, the salary cap is a myth and it's Fugazi, it's Fugazi. It's considering the New Orleans Saints were more over the cap than the Buccaneers yet have spent the third most money uh, so far through the offseason. It is what it is. Uh, I, I do think that the Buccaneers could easily win the division, could also come in last place. Well, no, not the, the you know probably third because C.J. Stroud's going to be a quarterback in the NFL, and that's not going to go well for anybody. So everybody point and laugh at Frank Reich and the Carolina Panthers. Um, but no, I I honestly don't have any qualms about the Buccaneers coming in twenty fourth on the power rankings in March of of twenty twenty three, well before OTAs even begin. Yeah, you know, the the part of this whole power ranking that really kind of surprised me was where the Bucks ranked in the NFC South compared to their division rivals. I actually sent out a tweet asking people on Twitter where they would rank the Buccaneers in the NFC South right now. And granted, most of my followers are Bucks fans, you know what I mean? But 54% of the people that responded uh, voted for the Buccaneers being first place. Well, according to Dan Hansis, the Buccaneers are third place. Uh, the only team the Buccaneers are ahead of in this power ranking are the Atlanta Falcons who come in number 27 uh, on his list. But the Carolina Panthers are actually the number one team in the NFC South, according to Dan Hans. This is power ranking at number 18. The New Orleans Saints are 22nd. So, James, what are your thoughts? So, we kind of justified why the Bucs are down at 24. But I got to be honest, if the Bucs are 24, I'm kind of thinking, like, the Panthers are probably, like, 30. The Falcons are probably, like, 28. And the Saints might be like 20 because they're a car, but they also might be like 26. You know what I mean? Like, what do you what do you think about the Bucks being the third to last ranked team in the NFC South? Full disclosure, I voted on your poll and I voted second. Um, I, too, voted. Well, I voted for locked on Bucks on my poll and I voted second. I do think on paper right now, as things stand, the New Orleans Saints are probably the best team in the division. Uh, they have arguably the best quarterback in the division. I do think you can make the argument that Baker Mayfield is just as good and just as effective as Derek Carr and is one fiftieth of the money. Um, but you know, you take a look at, at a lot of the moves that all the teams have made in free agency, and I think New Orleans has made the best ones and have improved their team, have improved their quarterback position. They still have Jameis in case something happens to Derek Carr. Uh, meanwhile, the Carolina Panthers, who he ranks in the top 20, right now they have Andy Dalton. We've seen that movie a hundred times, and it's not getting any better ever. Um, and then you're bringing in a rookie? Like, yeah, the rookie could blow up and, and be great, but the rookie's probably coming from Ohio State, who is not known for producing NFL-caliber quarterbacks see the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields because he's awful um you know I I don't understand why you would put all your chips of the NFC South into the Panthers basket 
over the team that, again, I think looks best on paper right now in New Orleans yep. or the team that has won back-to-back NFC South titles <clears throat> and you know over a three-year span won a Super Bowl. Of course, you're losing Tom Brady, but still the, the majority of the roster is pretty much the same, and they're far better than the Panthers are. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I, I look at this. I think, you know, Dan is getting caught up a little bit in some of the romantic romanticism of, of what the Carolina Panthers have done, you know, trading up to the number one overall pick. That's great for your future, potentially. But we're talking about where they rank power wise right now. They don't even have a quarterback. Again, like you, you mentioned Andy Dalton. And if you put in CJ Stroud or Bryce Young or heaven forbid, Will Levis, I mean, OK, you have an unproven commodity at the most important position possible. I don't know how you have him over anybody that's got an established quarterback, right? So Derek Carr is not established with his team, but he's an established quarterback in the National Football League. Baker Mayfield at least has some experience. The Atlanta Falcons are at least behind the Buccaneers, so I'll leave them alone for now. But, I mean, look, the, the Panthers brought in Adam Thielen, I think, from name recognition. That's great. But Adam Thielen is not the Adam Thielen that was the Adam Thielen when the, the Minneapolis miracle happened all those years ago, and he was one of the, the better, I'll say, receivers in the National Football League. Hayden Hurst is getting more name recognition because he played for the Bengals, who went to the Super Bowl and competed to go to another Super Bowl. Miles Sanders was just in the Super Bowl. That's great. Barely played. Um, you know, he played a little bit more than Ronald Jones did in that, in that Super Bowl. Con- congratulations, Rojo, on your another another ring and going to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Shy Tuttle. I, I like Shy Tuttle, but he's solid at best. Von Bell uh, is an Ohio State guy, so you know that I'm a fan. But he's a solid safety at best, which is NFL talk for average, right? So, I mean, they've signed some decent players, but you've also lost DJ Moore, who's your only even close to number one wide receiver. You're left with Terrace Marshall Jr. and LaVisca Chenault Jr. and Adam Thielen. So, I mean, I don't know who they're going to draft in the second round. I don't even know what their draft pick status actually even looks like um, because they traded away so many picks. But, uh, you know, you're going to have a rookie quarterback who's not playing against with the best offensive line in the world, Miles Sanders, who couldn't get snaps in the Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles who gave snaps to everybody but me is your primary running back. And Adam Thielen is basically making his last stop before retirement. I'm not impressed by what the Carolina Panthers are doing as far as it relates to this season. Now, three years from now, come back and talk to me like this may be laying the groundwork for what becomes a very competitive team. But in 2023, if the Carolina Panthers even have a winning record, I think that's going to be impressive. Yeah, I mean, you you ran down the list of additions they made, and there, I mean, there's some good additions, but like you said, Adam Thielen is not the Adam Thielen that he used to be, and they traded away a number one receiver. So not only do you need a quarterback, but you need a number one receiver because Thielen is not that dude anymore. So you have two very, very important positions that have to be filled on the offensive side of the ball, and then we'll see where things go from there. So, you know, Power rankings are going to change numerous times. We're going to have a post-draft power rankings, I'm sure, that that comes out. And uh, we'll react to that, and we'll see if if Dan has improved his opinion, because it is possible to improve opinions. I'm still working very slowly on getting David to improve his college football uh, opinions. But that is neither here nor there. That is going to do it for this episode. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view 
every single day. And I'll make your second listen to Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We will be back on Friday with free agency losers and more. And we're going to do it live on YouTube. So make sure you are subscribed and have the notifications turned on so that as soon as we go live, you are notified. You can jump in and join us in the live chat, which is always a ton of fun. Until then, if you want to submit your uh, your part of the conversation, your thoughts, your ideas, your mock drafts, anything at all. Of course, you can drop your comments on YouTube or hit us up via email at lockedonbuckspodcast at gmail.com or in the Twitter DMs at lockedonbucks over there. Those DMs are always open. Check out everything David is doing over at bucksgameday.com. Check out my work over at bucksnation.com. And of course, follow everything on Twitter at lockedonbucks at jrco underscore bucks and at D Harrison 82. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, fire the cannons. And we thank you for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.